Hello and welcome to the Investment Chat by Kleinwood Hambros. My name is Fahad Kamal and I'm the Chief Investment Officer. And I'm Andrew Thompson, Head of Investment Management. In today's episode, we're going to have a look at how markets have behaved in 2023. We're not even halfway through the year and an awful lot has happened, as we'll see in a moment. Fahad, it's uh, lovely to catch up again. Quite a lot going on in, in, in markets in this relatively new year that uh, seems to be flashing by pretty quickly after consigning 2022 into the, the miserable column. I think that's fair to say 2023 began so so brightly and then was somewhat checked by the swift demise of SVB. And of course, um, pretty soon thereafter, we had the fall or at least the takeover of Credit Suisse by UBS. That sort of certainly caused ructions in markets with a banking crisis upon us and and some memories of what happened just over a a decade ago. Pleased to say things seem a little bit calmer in the month of April. But what are you seeing uh, at the moment and and, and what do you see ahead in terms of risks and and opportunities? It has been quite a year already. As if we weren't exhausted already from from the previous few years, this is this particular one has uh, has given us no respite. Really, it it's been very volatile. Started off with a huge surge in sentiment, largely driven by what was a reopening of China as well as as, as easier energy prices in in Europe. But since we we've moved quite rapidly on to a banking crisis that was started in the U.S., but obviously probably reached its um, most immediate crescendo in in Europe with Credit Suisse. And the much bigger picture that there remains huge confusion about, which is that is the world on the brink of a recession or not? And if it is, how deep may or may it not be? And nobody knows. And there is enormous confusion on this point because the data underlying growth is very confusing. And, and that's why there is very little consensus on what might happen next and, and really quite stark disagreement. Effectively, real-time data suggests that consumers remain very well anchored and things are, are quite positive. Unemployment rates are very, very low. People are out and about spending. I mean, you, you, you know this anecdotally from walking around London. Uh, you know, all the pubs seem to be full and the restaurants are, are packed. And that really, that anecdotal evidence is more than borne out by all of the data that we see, not just in the UK or in the US, but really quite across the world. Consumption remains strong. But the big question is that what happens next? Because we've had such huge tightening in the system um, that already has has begun to break things. And most recently was was that uh, banking crisis uh, that, that I just mentioned. But that eventually that truck is going to come and hit the consumer as well, because it's just not possible for consumers to carry on spending as they have done in an environment where costs are rising as much as they are. Inflation remains very pernicious. And there are other headwinds as well, particularly with, uh, with, with the cost of debt rising for consumers and, and corporates alike. So that is sort of the, the crux of the confusion right now, that at the moment things look quite good, but there is this looming danger of fear that eventually this tightening is going to come and hit us quite hard. And, th- you know, and at that point, we will enter a recession. Now, our view on this is that actually, you know, we are a little bit more sanguine. We do think that the consumer remains really well anchored because the labor market remains strong. And there's no immediate need or expectation that that's going to fall away dramatically. There is obviously a normalization period that's going to occur 
as we see growth slow down because of all the tightening. But that in itself doesn't mean that we're going to see A, a recession, or B, even if we do see one, that it's going to be particularly bad. In fact, you know, corporates generally seem well anchored in the most recent earnings that we have so far for Q1. You know, most earnings are still running ahead of one-year averages. And corporate commentary on what's coming next still seems to be quite supportive of a soft landing or no landing in terms of economic growth. So as a result, we're quite, you know, I think quite happy about our positioning right now, which effectively is that we're neutral. We think that there is obviously a lot of headwinds and unknowns in the world, but enough good news still in the tank for us not to be unduly defensive. We are neutrally positioned. There are a lot of risks. There is also a lot of tailwinds in the system. And we think that's that's the right place to be right now. And we are keeping our eyes peeled, of course, for either the risks become more tangible or, or, or more threatening. And conversely, if the opportunities start to become more compelling. I really don't know if our next move will be up or down in terms of risk, but we are watching just like everybody else. And I think beginning from a position of slightly more um, optimism than most of the market. Just in terms of looking at multi-asset portfolios, there seems to be increasingly a view that what's available today in the in the sort of the other column, if you like, the other non-equity assets that are available to us are actually much more attractively priced than they have been for for a very long time. And, and, and therefore, potentially for for today's investor, the environment is actually more balanced, more more healthy. Is, is that something that you see perhaps particularly looking at the bond market that dominates the other? Is, is, is this true that there's actually a, a more sensible starting point for investors today than perhaps uh, they've seen for, for a long while? No question about that, Andrew. That That, that is a, a really important point, which is that, you know, like most things in life, we tend to be unduly concerned with what's immediately in front of us. And right now, you know, as I mentioned, there's this question about whether we enter a recession or not in the next few months. But actually, over the next five years, expected returns have never looked better, at least over the last, you know, since the last financial crisis. We have had bond yields that have risen tremendously in the carnage of last year. Obviously, that left a very painful 2022. But the expected returns from the bond market across the the piece, starting from the very lowest duration and safest government bonds all the way down to high risk and sort of junk status bonds, are all paying us a real return. That is a sea change from where we've been over the last decade. That's sort of part one. Now, if you think that the very safest bonds, which are now giving us a real return, are the benchmark for risk for what everything else must pay us over and above, then actually the next five years is looking quite quite healthy. We do expect that the equity risk premium will continue to be between 3 and 4% over that period. So if you're starting with a, uh, you know, with a bond yield of, uh, of call it 4%, uh, which is what you are being paid on very short-term government debt, both in the U.S. and the U.K., then, and the equity risk premium is 3 or 4%, you are looking at actually a better return profile across 
the asset class space uh, that you have in a long time. Now, there are profound implications for that for a standard, you know, 60-40 portfolio. Uh, two years ago, the expected return on a, on a 60-40 portfolio was, you know, call it between 2 and 4% uh, over the next five years. Today, it's closer to, to between 5 and 7%. So the future is actually looking brighter simply because valuations are much more attractive today and the bond market obviously after a period of painful readjustment, but from here on out does look a lot more appealing and is giving us a real return, which is fabulous. Perhaps just to to finish up, in terms of inflation and perhaps the response of central banks to that, which is, is has been, as we've seen over the last year or so, a, a dramatic ramping up of interest rates and perhaps unarguably that caused things to break, most specifically um, the demise of uh, SVB, for example. As we look into perhaps the sort of the beginning of, of, of summer, there are some that see those rises in interest rates is now perhaps coming to to an end and, and and perhaps the point at which central banks can pause and maybe even towards the end of this year begin to cut what's your your sense of what central banks thinking is now and and what their next moves might be both in in, in terms of the coming month for interest rates and also perhaps looking forward into into next year as to where interest rates might be uh, well, that's the multi-trillion dollar question, uh, of course, and, and ultimately the uncertainty regarding that question is linked to the earlier uncertainty regarding the growth profile. Our view for now really is that, that we, we don't think there's going to be some great big pivot towards central banks slashing rates towards the end of the year, largely, as I said, because our original view is that we don't expect some hard landing or some deep recession to come. And a pivot or, you know, a sort of a slashing of rates two, three, four times would only happen in the event that there is a deep recession. Now, while that's possible, it's not our base case, as I said, largely because the consumption picture remains reasonably well anchored in what is a, a tight labor market. And there's no reason to expect that that labor market is going to fall over anytime soon. Companies are actually you know, reporting reasonably good earnings. They certainly aren't forecasting some great fall in demand, etc. So if you follow that logic through, if the economy stays relatively robust, people are still consuming because they, they are employed, there's little reason that the central bank will, will find itself in a position to have to dramatically cut rates at all. Now, once again, you know, if inflation does fall, quite dramatically, which we, and we expect it will, if it does, you know, then maybe the picture will change. But even there, I don't expect there to be, you know, the, the bond market is currently expecting that the US rate is going to peak at uh, sort of call it 525 or 550, but end the year at closer to 450 basis points, which is, you know, which is quite sort of, it's about three or four rate cuts and the tail end of this year. I just don't see that coming unless the worst happens with the economy. And as I said, I don't expect that to happen. So so I, I would be much more in the camp of the rates are going to rise a little bit from here. Another rate hike in the US is likely, but then they're largely going to stay at those levels, at least to the end of this year and, and possibly beyond. Thank you, Farhad. Always great to catch up. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to this month's episode of The Investment Chat. We'll be back next month for a regular investment update. So do make sure you join us by clicking the follow button wherever you're listening to this right now. 
every new episode will land straight on your device as soon as it's available. Until then, thank you for listening. Goodbye.